You're listening to the Product Podcast from Product School, featuring the best product leaders from Silicon Valley and beyond. If you're an aspiring product manager looking for your first PM role or an experienced PM looking to level up your skills and advance your career, visit productschool.com to learn about our certificate courses and how we'll get you there. Why is it important for a product manager to be good at influencing? They're really the chief architects for driving the vision of their product or feature. They need to convince teams across the organization that this is the right move. There may be conflicting priorities across different departments, but this is where influencing comes into play. Keep listening to learn how to sell and get people to care about your vision with our guest, Jai Kalara, a product leader at eBay. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. With ThoughtSpot Everywhere, you can embed a highly interactive analytics experience into your data app and take your user adoption to the next level. Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com everywhere. Hi everyone, welcome. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Matt and I'm a senior product manager at Alassian. Today I'll be talking about influencing without authority and giving you practical tips on how you can do it. We all know how important of a skill set this is as a product manager, so let's get into it. Before we begin though, we need to first have a shared definition of what this even means. Just like how managing is different than leading, influencing without authority is different than telling someone to go do something. For the rest of this talk, we can use this as our definition. To influence without authority is the ability to make others act, behave, or think without having any power or right over them. And why is this so important? Well, it's important because as product managers, we often don't have direct reports. We can't just tell folks to go do, th do something just because. And so it's really important that as product managers, we internalize this skill because a lot of the world's greatest achievements and breakthroughs have been possible because of leading and influencing without authority. Now, if you fast forward and you look at the ever fast moving world we live in, it's increasingly important that leadership is provided at all levels and all from different people, regardless of where they sit in the management hierarchy. The notion that just a few extraordinary people can provide all the leadership that is needed today is not scalable and often a recipe for disaster. Now, before we begin though, just like how Rome wasn't built in a day, influencing without authority doesn't happen overnight. It takes hard work, time, and patience. The very first thing you need to do before you influence without authority is to understand the culture and the context of your organization. Now, culture means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but in an, in an, in an ideal world, culture might be a one-size-fits-all, but that's hardly ever the case. At Alassian, we always encourage new and existing Alassians to adopt a seek-first-to-understand attitude before making any kind of change. After all, you can't change the thing if you don't know how the thing works. To do this, we ask teams to really observe and co-locate and, and get a feel for how things are done here. There's so much implicit knowledge that gets built up within teams that it's important to really first take the time to understand how things work. We then encourage Alassians to ask questions within their teams, such as, tell me about the thing that succeeded and failed. The last thing that succeeded and failed. What happened? How did the team respond? How is something shipped here? You know, what are the practices and the processes? And how do you decide what you're building next, for example? 
Now, once you've understood the culture, you need to understand the degrees of separation. This is, this is essentially just a measure of the social distance from one person to another. You're one degree from everyone you know and two degrees from everyone they know and so on and so forth. As you can see here, as you go further out in your degrees, it becomes harder to influence. It's often easiest to influence those that you work with on a day-to-day -day because you often share the same context and the same mission. So it's easier to make a lot of quicker decisions, etc. Now, let's recap. Before you start influencing without authority, you need to first understand the culture and context, observe how things work and ask questions. And then you need to understand the degrees of separation. Know how far you are from the thing or the person you want to influence. The further away they are, the more time you're gonna to have to spend to build trust and equity with that person. Now, at Alassian, there are a couple different plays we use internally to, to practice our influencing without authority. Now, none of these are mutually exclusive. In fact, uh, a lot of our product managers will go from one to the other, so you can kind of think of it as steps. However, they do represent different mindsets when it comes to influencing. Let's start with a psychologist. This is really a play that's all about understanding the motivations and context of the people that you're trying to influence and then working backwards to achieve an outcome. The best time to use the psychologist play is when you're new to a situation. This could be you're new to a company or you're new to a team in a project, or maybe there's been a change in hands in terms of the management. And so you really are just brand new and trying to get a lay of the land. Another great time to use this is when you have situations with conflict. At Alassian, we have a lot of internal teams doing a lot of different things. And so uh, there can be times where you have misalignment and different uh, goals than each other. So it's really good to use this to understand what the other team is working on. And from the degrees of separation standpoint, you can use this at any level, really. It's, it's a great one to use regardless of where you are and who the person is that you're trying to influence. Now, how to do this? There's really three things that you need to take into mind. For very first, and just kind of like the seek first to understand attitude, is practice active listening to so, so that you can understand the context and the motivation. What does success look like for the other team? What are the challenges? Can you establish some common vocabulary to work off of? From there, you're gonna to wanna to play that back. Do you really understand what it is that the other person is working on and why they're doing it? Can you show your empathy and share the same set of uncertainties and make decisions collaboratively? The last but not least is to iterate on your ask. You know, what, what trade-offs do you need to make? Can you reframe the thing that you're trying to influence with their vocabulary and their goals in mind? Show, it how, show how it helps them. Now, at Alassian, there's a lot of things we do internally to do this. One-on-ones uh, -on are great ways to, to start to understand the other party. Uh, Team Health Monitors is an Alassian play that you can get online for free. And it's a really great way to get a pulse of how your team is doing to understand what's working well and what's not working so well. Um, some background reading uh, by looking at what the person is doing and what their team is up to through a company blogs or profiles and directories uh, is a great way to kind of think about how that person is working on uh, what they're doing. And last but not least is, is to get social with it. You know, you, in, in, in a world like today, it's not as easy to have a meal or a drink but you can actually go and you know, do these over Zoom calls and understand the person for a person, not just a colleague or some, somebody that you're just trying to work with to achieve some goal you have. 
Um, when we talked to all our product managers, really the one-on-ones stuck out the most. Um, it was a great way for people to talk freely and to really get intimate with uh, the other person to understand what they're working on and why they're working on it. So to recap, the psychologist is really about understanding the motivations and the context of who you're trying to influence and then working backwards to reach an outcome. The best times to use this, new situations or when you have conflict and very three steps to do it, you wanna understand what they're doing, play it back to them to make sure you truly understand and then iterate on the ask. Uh, some things you can try, of course, one-on-ones are our favorite, but the team health monitor and any social activities are also really great. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. Build stickier product experiences by embedding ThoughtSpot Everywhere's interactive analytics interface directly into your data app or product. No more delayed release cycles or incremental UX improvements. ThoughtSpot Everywhere's developer-friendly platform replaces static dashboards with an interactive data experience in minutes allowing users to intuitively dig into their data and trigger actions in their favorite business apps. Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com everywhere. The next up is the pitcher. Now, the pitcher is a play that's really about constantly exploring and trying different ways of framing ideas, uh, especially the ones that you want to influence. Now, the best time to use the picture is when you're looking to find the right frame. You know, ideas are never going to be perfect from the moment they're uh, conceptualized. And so anytime you have ideas you want to spar or jam on or you want to refine it so that you get that sweet spot, um, that's a great time to use the picture because of its casual nature. Uh, the picture is also great for communicating ambiguous ideas. Oftentimes, instead of framing things as, hey, we should go and do this thing, you may not have a fully baked idea or solution in mind. So frame it more as, what if we were to do this thing? What would that look like? From a degrees of separation standpoint, again, because of the casual nature of the picture, it's usually best done within your team because the closer you are, the less prep work and more freely you can kind of uh, bring up ideas and you don't have to prepare, you know, a formal explanation of why this thing matters, et cetera. Now, how we do the picture at Atlassian is there's a couple of different things, and I'm sure you, you're probably familiar with these as well. Uh, pictures are worth a thousand words, so we use informal visuals a lot, whiteboarding, you know, fake screenshots, wireframes. Um, we also, as, as product managers, we try to make things never our idea. It's always a lot easier if you kind of plant that seed of thought and, and get someone else excited by it, that they start pitching it to their uh, peers and, and colleagues. Um, Internally, we also like to brand name things and, and give things a, something to reference back to. We use a lot of code names for projects, and these are just helpful to kind of bookmark for future conversations. Um, obviously, when it comes to pitching ideas, it's great to have a list that's already ready and prepared. You can always just draw back to it, especially as you go. Um, another thing to, to really think about is trying an elevator pitch. You know, if you were stuck in an elevator for 30 seconds, could you get your idea across succinctly? If not, try, try refining it until you can. And last but not least, uh, we also have a lot of great opportunities at Atlassian to do things like, uh, such as our internal hackathon, uh, otherwise known as Ship It. We have 20% time and innovation weeks where teams are encouraged to work on things that are not on the roadmap. And so these are great opportunities for people to start advancing concepts over and over. When we spoke to 
our product managers internally, what we found was actually those who are pitching actually mentioned that pitching is a way to also build trust. It lays this groundwork for planting ideas, which is also really great for getting to know people. So let's recap. The picture is really about exploring, uh, constantly exploring and trying different ways of framing ideas that you wanna influence. It's often used when you're you know, you've got small ideas that you want to refine. It's best done within your team. You want to, you know, how to go about doing it, pick different lenses to try, draw it out, make it really informal. You don't need a very rigid process to get this going. And when you want to try this, try branding the concept, use your internal innovation time if you have it, cultivate a list as you go, keep your eye out on, you know, what's happening outside uh, your company and, and have fun with it. The last play is the activist. The activist is really about creating large movements by regularly sharing facts and stories and perspectives. Now, the best time to use the activist is really when you're looking to make significant change. This could be a cultural change, you're coming up with a new product, or there's some new investment area in the, biz in the business, or maybe there's an industry trend that you feel uh, your company needs to get on top of. When it comes to the degrees of separation, this is a great play to use when you have to influence those that are really far away from you. Now, oftentimes this means that you're gonna have to do the necessary homework to make sure that you're prepped and ready to go because you need to have your evidence and your facts straight usually. How to go about doing this? Well, practice repetition, but be aware that there are things such as good repetition and bad repetition. Uh, good repetition is when you can repeat something, but also apply it to the other person's context. Bad repetition just looks like you constantly parroting and saying the same thing over and over again without adding any immediate value to the other team or person. Uh, from an influencing standpoint here, uh, the activist is great from a bottoms up and a tops down perspective. You know, even if you are a senior leader, Influencing uh, as an activist needs to happen at both ends. You can't do this by yourself. And so often it's really helpful if you can find advocates for your cause uh, somewhere else in the org. And just two general things about being an activist is you need to have passion and, and care for the thing that you, you're trying to influence here. You wanna generate that energy and show that it's meaningful and important and passion goes a long way in doing that. And timing. Timing is so important here. Uh, as an activist, you probably wanna practice and refine your patience. Uh, you wanna know at what points you're gonna to wanna to pause or accelerate your advocacy because there's always a time and a place. Now, how we do it at Alassian, well, there's a couple things similar to the picture where we're iterating over single, multiple steps. Uh, really being an activist doesn't often happen as a single movement or a single moment, I should say. Uh, it's often a result of many informal discussions or time spent in innovation time or, you know, multiple blogs and, and presentations internally. Uh, we often paint visions of what, what the future could look like. Uh, so partner with your design counterparts and marketing to kind of come up with like North Star videos or presentations and fake concepts to get people excited about the future. And to go with that, obviously, it's really great to have written narratives. We have a lot of great templates on Confluence, such as project posters and product vision pages that you can use to kind of get you started. But these are great to accompany those visuals that you produce uh, when painting visions. Now, to recap, the activist is really about creating large movements uh, through sharing regular stories, perspectives, and facts. 
It's usually best done when you're trying to instigate significant change, usually outside your immediate team. You want to go about doing it by being a great storyteller, good repetition, finding advocacy in other teams. And the ways you can go about doing it, well, you, you can practice with fake concepts and presentations and North Star videos and thoughtful write-ups. But remember the timing is important as well as your patience and passion. All right, that was pretty much it. Uh, to recap, to influence without authority, you wanna start with these first two things. You wanna understand the culture and the context. Again, how do things work here? Observe and ask questions. You wanna identify those degrees of separation. So again, how far are you away from the person or the thing you want to influence? The further out, the more work you're gonna to need to do. Now our plays, the psychologist, the pitcher, and the activist, like I said, these are not mutually exclusive. You can interchange these and really just think of them as steps, if you will. And at any given point in time in your project or your product lifecycle, you could apply different ones depending on what it is you're after. So with that, thanks so much for dialing in and, and joining me today. Uh, I hope you found some of these tips useful. As always, you can kind of you can reach out to me through my Twitter handle. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening to the Product Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Taking the time to write just a few sentences about what you love most about the show will help us improve it and reach even more product people around the world. And when you're done, why not reward yourself with some free product management content and resources over at productschool.com. Until next time, stay product-led.